Act One of Daniel Drews, Blacksmith, by W. S. Gilbert. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. An incident in the first act was suggested by George Eliot's novel Silas Marner. Characters Sir Jasper Coombe, a royalist colonel. Read by Andrew James. Daniel Drews. Read by Adrian Stevens. Reuben Haynes, a royalist sergeant. Read by Alan Mapstone. Geoffrey Winyard, a merchant sailor. Read by Thomas Peter. Marble. Read by Todd. Joe Ripley, a fisherman. Read by Son of the Exiles. Sergeant of the Parliamentary Army. Read by Larry Wilson. Soldier of the Parliamentary Army. Read by David Purdy. Dorothy. Read by Jen Broda. Stage Directions. Read by Sonia. The first act is supposed to take place shortly after the Battle of Worcester. An interval of fourteen years between the first and second acts. Act One: A ruined hut on the Norfolk coast. Act Two: Daniel Drews's forge. Act Three: Interior of Drews's cottage. Daniel Drews, blacksmith. Act One: Scene: Interior of Daniel Drews's hut. A tumble-down old shanty of the rudest description, with very small wood fire. The whole place is as squalid and miserable as possible. Wind and snow without rain and wind heard each time door is opened night ripley without hello daniel art within knocks daniel i say open won't ye he kicks the door open why the yacht's empty where's the old devil gone i wonder come in master out of the storm enter marple don't be afeard marble shuts door he'll be a bit rusty to be sure and our coming in without leave but i'll blow off sooner than the gale outside as the man away nay he's never an hundred yards from this he's holdin up his boat on the beach maybe or takin in his nets and makin all snug and taut for the night and well he may for the devil's let loose and there'll be mischief afore mornin the devil likes these ere no folk coasts burn him and so jonas lives here jonas no daniel daniel druce well daniel druce if that's what he calls himself it's a strange hole for a man is he it's a fit hole for such a dog as he a surly scowling drunken miserly half-starved cur never was a sulky hound so far athwart the world's ways as daniel druce why he's as rich as a jew and never give bit nor sup to a soul in the town we take my word for it it's a fit hole for such as he there's only one fitter and i wish he was in it 
Stop that cursed red rag of yours, will you? Come, come, civil words, master, civil words. Set the example. I am this man's brother. Ripley aside. Well, you've got the family tongue in your head anyhow. If you're his brother, maybe you know how we come to live here all alone. Maybe I do. They say that before he came here, a matter three or four years since, he was a decent sort of body enough. A blacksmith I do here, but he got struck off silly like through some bad luck, and he's been a changed man ever since. Oh, they say that, do they? Well, I don't know what he was, but I know what he is. That's enough for me. The scowlingest, black-browedest, three-corneredest chap I ever see, except as regards children, and he's as fond of children as a young girl, and the littler they are, the more he likes em, and they likes him. Now I'm as tender-hearted as a kitten, but I hates children, and they can't abide me. That's odd, ain't it? Aye. Yes, ask Daniel Drus's story as far as we knows it down in these parts. Maybe you know more. Maybe I do. Now I dare swear there was a woman at the bottom of it all. I never got my chain cable kinked, but a woman had an hand in it. Marple coming forward. Ark you, my lad. You're hard on woman. From the look of you, I've a notion no woman ever had much to do with any trouble of yours, saving your mother when she bore you. No. No, your tongue's done all the mischief that ever come to you. You let women alone. I'm sure they never interfere with you. Enter Daniel Drews. He has a bundle of nets over his shoulder, and he is half tipsy. His appearance is that of a man of fifty, but haggard with want. His hair is long and matted, and he has a beard of some day's growth on his chin. Hello. Who's that? Joe Ripley, eh? Why, Joe Ripley, what dost thou do skulking in other men's huts when they're away? Nothing to lay hands on here, Joe Ripley, and thou'st brought a friend, eh? Didst thee think that there was too much plunder for a man to carry, that thou'st brought an ass to help thee? There's nought for the year. Take thine ugly face into the storm. Maybe thou'll get it battered straight. Come out with thee. All thy peace, man. I want not a vine. I brought thee money for thy two nets. Where is it? And here's a man as says he's thy brother, and I wish him joy of his brotherhood. I found him in the village asking for ye, so I brought him to ye. Marple holds out his hand. Daniel, not heeding him. Give me the money. Dost thou not know me, Jonas Marple? Dead. 
dead three years ago. Ay, thou gavest thyself out as dead, that he might make an honest woman of her. Thou liest. She was an honest woman, for all she left me. "'Twas him that stole her. God bless her. "'Jonas Marple died the day she left him. "'I'm Denor Druce.' "'I knew there was a woman in it.' "'And if Jonas be dead, "'hast thou no word of welcome to Jonas's brother?' "'None.' "'To Ripley.' "'Give me the money.' "'Here, I count it. "'We're all thieves and lawyers.' To Marple. I sees craze. Is it right? I don't know. I can't count tonight. Let it be. I'll count it tomorrow. To Marple. How didst thou find me? I found thee through this fellow. I was in the town on law business, and I heard men talk of such a one as thou, and I asked and asked and found out that thou wast the brother who used to work with me. I've come to ask thee to come back to us, and be the man thou wast wont to be. Come, man, be thine old self. Thou canst not be better. Throw off thy present self. Thou canst not be worse. Not worse? Why, man, I'm a king alone here. Here I live. Free from liars and thieves, alone, alone. What back to the world, the hollow lying world, not I. Back to the rock on which my ship was wrecked, not I. Back to the den of thieves that stripped me, not I. No, no, I don't find fish come back to my nets when once they've slipped through the meshes. And I'm no more a fool than my fish. See here. I've lived here nigh upon four years, and except in some gaping fall as him, indicating Ripley, I've seen no soul, and no soul's seen me. I've done harm to no one, and none's done harm to me. I've told no lies, and no lies ain't been told me. I've rubbed no one, and no one's rubbed me. Can anyone who walks the world say as much? I've lived on the fish I've caught, the garden I've dug, and I've saved money by the nets I've made, not much, a trifle to such as thou, and I've sent it far from here. I never keep it here, no, no. I've no hopes, no cares, no fears. And thou askest me to go back into the foul old world, the world that poor dead and gone Jonas Marple was wrapped in, the bitter black world that blighted his poor harmless life. No, I'm going to bide here. Well, as thou wilt, Jonas... Daniel, that's my name, Daniel Druce. Jonas Marple died the day his wife left him. His wife's a widow, and Mayap married again. God bless her. Thou'lt do no good with him. Ere's a devil's flare in his eyes. Best let him bide. Aye, best let him bide. I'm a poor thing of skin and bone. And this here arm, which made light of a forty-pound hammer four years since... It's but a soft road thing now. But when muscle went out, devil came in. Steer clear of me, and let me bide. Thou art sadly changed. It's fearsome to see a good, honest, 
haughty soul changed into the white-faced ghost of what he was. Time was when every beggar had the pulling of thy poor purse-strings, and none were turned empty away from the door. To think that Jonas Marple should have earned the name of Miser. Does it seem so strange to thee? Hast thou e'er known what it is to set thy heart night and day on one object, to dream of it, sleeping and waking, to find the hope of it flavouring thy meat and drink, and weaving itself so into thy life that every thought of thy brain is born of it, and every deed of thy hand has some bearing on it? And having done all this, and so fashioned, and twisted, and turned, and trimmed the chances at thy hand, that the one hope of thy soul shall be helped on by it, hast thou known what it is to find, at one bitter, black blow, thy hope made helpless, thy love loveless, thy life lifeless. So did I hope, and pray to be blessed with a little child, so was my hope withered. When I thought it sure of fulfilment. I had a store of love in my battered heart to set on some one thing of my creating. It was there for that end and for none other. Then she left me. Curse him. I knew for certain that one thing would never be of flesh and blood, and it never will, for the love of my heart is given over to the next best thing, gold and silver, gold and silver. Aye, brother, I love my gold as other men love their bairns. It's of my making, and I love it. I love it. A mean and sordid love, maybe, but hard and bad, and base as thou thinkest me, I prayed a thousand times that my gold might take a living form, that the one harmless old hope of my wrecked life might come true. The age of miracles is past, Jonas. Well, I've said my say and done my due. Stay where thou art, and heaven forgive thee, Jonas Marple. He's dead. He is. Dead to the call of reason, dead to the voice of human love. Dead to everything that mocks a reason in man off from the beasts that perish. Thou hast well said, Jonas Marple is dead. Rest his soul. Amen. Now, go. Marple, after a pause, shrugs his shoulders and exit with Ripley. Aye, he's dead, dead, dead. He died then, that the blackest devil that ever cursed this earth might put her right with the world. Heaven send he has done so, and the bairn, he was promised to me, promised, but the promise was a lie. A damned black lie. Not hers, no, no, not hers, but the double-dyed devil who stole her from me. Opens a hole in the floor in front of stool and takes out a bag of money. This is my bairn now. Handling the money. See, here's another day to thy life, another inch to thy height. Grow as thou growest, child, and thou'lt be a golden beauty ere long. Gold, the best thing in the world. As good as gold. Why, it's a saying, the best thing on earth to make a bairn of. Here's a child that'll never grow up to bring sorrow on its dad's head. 
that costs now to keep, and never grows so big but you wish it bigger. My bairn, I've worked for thee, and starved for thee, that I might see thee grow, and thou hast growed, growed right royally. Lie here, my beauty, lie there in peace. I'll never wake thee, but to add to thy life, my bairn, my beautiful golden bairn. The door is suddenly burst open, and Sir Jasper Combe enters hurriedly, followed by Reuben as if pursued. They are both very ragged and dirty, dressed in torn and faded royalist uniforms. Sir Jasper, an officer, Reuben, a sergeant. Reuben carries a child of three or four years of age, wrapped in a cloak, so as not to be seen by Daniel. They close the door hurriedly and listen for their pursuers. Reuben places child on locker. At last! Safe at last for the yelping bloodhounds. By the Lord Harry, but if many bouts with death, this is the bout that had like to have gone hardest with us, Reuben. Who and what are ye, jailbirds? Ark, sir, I think I hear them again. Listening eagerly. Who and what are ye? Going up to them. Jasper, listening. Hold thy fool's tongue or I'll slit it. But? Reuben placing his hand over Daniel's mouth. Nay, it is necessary that someone hold thy tongue, and if thou wilt not do it, I must. Listen to me, my friend. Reuben removes his hand from Daniel's mouth. He again attempts to speak. Reuben again gags him. Nay, cover him up. He will hear the better for that he cannot give tongue the while. Now, keep thine ears open, for this concerns thee. We are prescribed royalists, and you, miserable man of harbourers, heaven help you, and if we are taken here, I and he and thou will surely hang, I and he for our sins against the Parliament, thou for thy virtue in aiding and abetting and comforting us. Dost thou clearly understand me? Reuben, with his hand still over Daniel's mouth, Dost thou clearly understand the colonel? Daniel cannot answer. Dost thou clearly understand the colonel? Jasper to Reuben. When thou desirest him to be silent, it is well to gag him. When thou wouldst have him speak, it is judicious to remove the gag. As you will, sir. Now then. Removing his hand. Dost thou clearly understand? I clearly understand that ye are two marauding devils who... Reuben hastily clapping his hand over Daniel's mouth. He does not understand. Jasper, listening. They've wheeled about. Their hooves are dying away in the distance. Reuben, let the old beggar go. He may give tongue now till he splits his lungs if he will. We are safe, at least for the present, Reuben. And see to thy pistol. We may have to stand the siege yet, and this door must be barricaded. But with what? Daniel, taking up an iron bar from the fireplace and holding it in a threatening attitude. Go your ways, both of ye, or as I am a man, I'll brain ye with this bar. The very thing. Wrenches it easily out of his hand and barricades the door with it, while Reuben shows Daniel a pistol. There. Why, it's made for it a thousand thanks, old gentleman. Daniel recovers himself, flies at Jasper, who pushes him away. He falls onto a stool. 
Now, master, listen to me. If you have any respect for yourself, keep your ears open, for I'm speaking words of life and death. We are desperate men in a desperate strait, and little disposed to stand on ceremony, as you may perhaps have remarked. We are flying for our lives, and we desire to cross to France, where my lady is, and where we shall be safe. To carry out this design, we have worked our way to the coast, sleeping under hedges and ricks for six bleak days, and trampling in the wind's eye for six stormy nights, till the fire of life seems to have died out of our bodies and our legs to have with, withered from their trunks. You have a stout boat on the beach. When this accursed gale shall have blown itself out, you shall have the distinction of working us across to the opposite coast. In the meantime, we appoint you our host, and we shall be prepared to look favourably on whatever meat or drink you can set before us. Do I look like a man who keeps open house? No, hang me if you do. If I had my way, I'd hang you anyhow. Aye, and there's many more of your way of thinking. I'll be sworn there are. Well, get out of my hut. Rises. This is not your way. This is not the road to the gallows. My good fellow, that's why we took it. Who in the devil's name are ye? I'm a cavalier colonel, a trifle out of repair and a, a thought begrimed, maybe, but that'll wash off. Royalist to the backbone, as I proved some time since at Worcester where my backbone had to bear the brunt of the flight. This is my regiment, the King's Dragoons. Indicating Reuben. Come doff thy hat, King's Dragoons, and salute the gentleman. The credit of the corps is in thy keeping. Reuben, for thou art all that's left of it. To Daniel. A worthy fellow, this regiment of mine, but somewhat shy and constrained in good company, but he will improve when he sees that flask of shydom that thou art about to surprise us with. Now tell me, art thou for Parliament? No. Then thou art for the King? It's a lie. I'm for myself. And for us? Nay, I'll be damned if I am. Nay, I'll swear thou art for us, if thou be not traitor to thyself. For if we hang at all, we all hang together. I'll see to that. Now, what food have you got? None. What can you get? Nothing. Where are we, then? Nowhere. Harky, sir, I'm just in that mood that I don't care the flush of a flint whose life is swept out of my way when it comes betwixt me and my wants. I want food. Get it. I've no food. I'm a beggar. Here's a coin. Our last. Go and get bread, meat and drink. Now be off, or Reuben here shall whip you with his sword flat till he drops. Reuben draws. And mark me, if by deed, word or sign you do ought to give a clue to our hiding place, I'll burn the hut to the ground and everything in it. But? Reuben pushes him. Not a word. Be off and do your errands. And mind, no treachery or... Jasper takes a burning log from the fire and holds it immediately over the hole where Daniel's money is concealed. Daniel snatches it from him. Put that down, put that down, for the love of heaven. Put it down, I say. You'll have the hut afire, and I'll see what I can do. 
I'll see what I can do. Daniel throws log on fire and exit. Huh, I brought the old devil to his senses. What a life this is. Was ever poor dog so hounded about from pillar to post as Jasper Coombe? And for no better reason than that he is a gentleman and loves his king. Pardon, sir, but I was never accounted a gentleman. And as for my king, I care not one jot. Yet am I hounded much as you are. Thou art hounded much, as I am, because thou thyself art as I am, though in a lower degree. King Charles is my king. Raises head. God bless him, and I serve him, and am hunted for so doing. Jasper Coombe is thy king. Reuben raises head. God bless him likewise, and thou servest him, and thou art hunted for doing so. The analogy is complete. Be thou as faithful to thy king as I am to mine, and thy king will reward thee when my king rewards me. Is the child safe? Reuben uncovering the child and bringing it down. Aye, sir, thanks to my cloak. Though I'm but a sorry dry nurse, having taken to it late in life. But it's never too late to learn, and I've learnt this, that babes won't eat ship's biscuits, and strong waters choke them. Their poor little heads can't stand strong waters. I'll marry some day on that piece of knowledge. Add this to it, to my dower, that when thou art flying for thy life, it's best to leave thy babes behind. A dozen times we might have got away, but for being hampered with this squalling abomination. Was ever officer of cavalry accursed with such a ridiculous element of peril? Was ever sergeant of horse armed with such a mischief-dealing implement? Well, there's no help for it. My lady would have gone mad had I returned to her without it. She's devotedly attached to the child. Strange, that attachment that some mothers have to their children. My mother always disliked me and kept me at a convenient distance. But she was a Scotchwoman and not liable to be imposed on. Well, we must make the best of a bad job. Here, how cold it is. Chill to the matter of my bones. That fellow is taking his leisure over this errand. See, Reuben, if thou canst find art in the hut. Here's a locker, your honour, but close fastened. A proof that there's something in it. Start it with thy sword. Stay. I'll do it. Takes up hatchet. So. Gently. Opens locker. Good. A crust of bread and some dried fish. And a bottle of right good shydam that never paid duty, I'll be sworn. Jasper taking it. And on that account, a fairly forfeit to the crown, which... On this occasion, I represent. So, bring an armful of those logs and make a merry blaze. For I ache as though I was trussed in a suit of thumbscrews. Reuben brings wood. That's well. <laughs> now, let us enjoy ourselves. Who would have thought the dingy old pigsty had so much life in it? It's the first good blaze I've seen since the long-nosed devils fired the old mill we lived in. Come. We'll be jolly. Reuben takes a piece of bread. Jasper snatches it from him. Nay, for food there's but enough for one. Jasper eats. 
Reuben takes up bottle and holds it to the light. Jasper snatches it from him. And if shied him, there's not nearly enough for one. Why, thou gross and sensuous varlet, canst thou not be jolly without meat and drink? Tis always so with a base born of intellectual recreation. I have no notion whatsoever. I've eaten nothing for two days, and I'm hungry. Thou'll have to wait till the old scoundrel returns. Reuben at door. There's no sign of him yet. Then give rein to thy voice and hail him. He took the road to the left. Exit Reuben shouting. His voice dies away in the distance. Here's a plight for the lord of Coombe Raven. Stripped of an ancestral mansion and two thousand old acres, hunted to his death by the bordering bloodhounds, separated from his pretty wife by some two hundred miles of barren land and stormy water, and saddled with a confounded brat that hampers his flight, let him turn whichsoever way he will, and say that I cross this accursed channel. How am I to get to Paris, penniless as I am, when I think of what I have before me, I'm minded to make short work with this world and try another, by the Lord Harry. Stamps impatiently. His foot starts a board over Daniel's hoard. Ha! Why? What's this? Not gold? Takes out some. Golden in perfusion. There's a way out of our difficulties. If Coombe Raven were but the man to take it. The old miser. Handling the money. Bah! In another week's time we may perhaps come down to this sort of thing. Who knows? But not yet. No, not yet. Throws it into hole. Lie there. I'll not meddle with thee, though. Closing hole. Don't be spent on a worse errand than helping Jasper Combe to his wife and his king, I'll be sworn. Enter Reuben in breathless haste. Jasper quickly covers the hole. Yes, sir, we must fly, and that at once. Uh, what do you mean? I mean treachery. The old man has played us false. I hear the horse's hooves in the distance. A thousand devils wring his damnable neck. Run to the boat, get him ready for the sea. I'll join thee at once. We'll launch it together. But... Well... If there's such a thing as a crust of bread or a tailored droid mackerel... But there's not. Be off. He watches him out, then quickly turns to the hole in which the money is concealed. So this changes the aspect of affairs. Old fool, thou hast betrayed us. This is fair plunder. Takes it out of the hole. With fair luck we may beat across to France tonight. And once there, we're safe. But the child, again, a clog on our movements. She would surely perish in an open boat on such a night as this. It's a matter of life and death, her life as well as mine. It would be murder to take her to sea with us, and it would be murder to remain and fight these fellows with her in our arms. There's no help for it. I must leave her here. This locket will serve to identify her. Putting a locket and chain on her neck. And I'll reclaim her when I get across. They'll never harm a child. Enter Reuben hurriedly. Sir, sir, the troops are upon us. They're not two hundred yards off. I'm coming. Exit Reuben. Jasper writes on a piece of paper and pins it on the child's dress. So I was there. 
and God help thee, little one. I'm loath to leave thee, but it's for life and death, for life and death. Jasper leaps through the window as Daniel and the sergeant, with four soldiers in parliamentary uniform, enter at the door. Daniel sees blaze of log fire. Far, far, he's far at the hut, he's far at the hut. Nay, fool, tis but thy blazing hearth, thy hut's safe enough. Where are thy prisoners? Oh, the reckless prodigal, see how he hath wasted my substance. There are no men hidden here. The sons of Belial have escaped. Why thou hast betrayed us, and if so, thou shalt hang for it. Second soldier mounts ladder to get into loft. They were here, but the noise of thy horse's hoofs has alarmed them, and they are gone. I warned thee to tether thy beast to far and proceed silently. See, they are putting off from the beach. Second soldier descends ladder and makes ready to fire. My boat! Oh, my boat! Bring down the Philistines, Nahum. A steady shot under the fifth rib, and may the Lord have mercy on them. I will even smite them hip and thigh. He fires through the window. Missed. Others fire outside. Nay, the beyond range. May heaven mercifully overwhelm them in the great waters. Daniel sees hole in floor. Gone, gone, sergeant, see, they are gone. They were hidden in here, and they're gone. In there? Nay, there's never room for two stout men in that cranny. Men? Curse the men. It's my gold, my gold. They've stolen it. They've robbed me. Sixty golden pounds, all I had, all I had, and it's gone. My child, my child, they've stolen my child. <laughs> Weeps passionately on his knees. Nay, man, see thy child safe enough, and a bonny lass she be. Taking up child from behind table, Daniel raising his head stupidly. Hey, why, what's that? Thy child, uh, come back, be thyself. The child's safe enough. Places child on ground. He's crazed. Daniel stupefied. That's not mine. My gold is my child, the gold that the infernal villains have taken. Here's a paper and some words writ on it. Read, read, I cannot read. Sergeant reads. Be kind to the child, and it shall profit thee. Grieve not for thy gold. It hath taken this form. Music. Daniel on his knees taking the child. A miracle, a miracle. Down on your knees, down, I say, for heaven has worked a miracle to save me. This money for which I toiled night and day, and which I loved and worshipped, was to me as a child, a dear, dear child. I prayed that this might be, but scoffers mocked me when I prayed, and said that the days of miracles were past. But they lied, and my prayer has been hearkened to. See, it has her eyes, her eyes. My darling, my darling, my heaven-sent bairn, thou hast brought me back to reason, to manhood, to life. The soldiers crowd round him. First soldier offers to touch the child. Hands off, hands off. 
all fall back. Touch not the Lord's gift. Touch not the Lord's gift. Tableau. Daniel, the child on the ground before him, soldiers grouped around. End of Act One.